Okay. And I actually have the cast and crew from everybody, uh, from the Indie Project alone. Say hello to everybody. Hello. Hello. Oh. And tonight, like I said, we're actually going to be interviewing everybody. This is actually part of the Holly short films and stuff that we're actually a part of. I just want to say, everyone, welcome to the show. Uh, William, I know that we chatted back and forth a little bit, back and forth through email. And welcome, Steph. I do appreciate you taking the time out of your night as well. And also to, to you too, Scott. I, I do appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, my, my here's the thing. When it comes down to this film, I was actually watching this film at, at my girlfriend's house. We're watching it, and the thing that I noticed whenever I first saw this for the first time was this actually feels like a theatrical cut movie. This actually feels fantastic. It actually knows what it wants to be. It's not that misidentification that I got with one film that I watched recently. Nothing to do with the indie projects or anything like that, but just a more of a large budget film that just felt like it didn't know what it wanted to be. And now watching this, this is exactly the identity of what it wants to be and everything, which is this this uh, whole entire deal where you actually have the special effects out there. I love the special effects. I just want to point that out there. The visuals effects is just beautifully well shot. It's perfectly well crafted. And also too, I actually have to say this, Steph, you did a really good job at bringing it home whenever it came down to trying to survive in the spacecraft and everything. And I love the camera angles. The camera angles was something that I really loved from this film though too. And also too, it had a little bit of the Martian in there for me. It had a little bit of Interstellar in there. It had a little bit of all that kind of flavor that I just loved. And I was just eating it up the whole entire time. And I didn't even want the 20 or 30 minutes to actually go away, <laughs> to be honest with you, because I was just that induced into it. Um, but my here's my question for William though. Where, where did you get the concept to actually do this film and everything? Yeah, well, just uh, first off, I mean, yeah, thanks for having us on the show. And also, um, just the, the VFX you mentioned, I just want to give a quick shout out to the people responsible for, for those, because I am not a VFX person at okay. all. So I was very reliant on um, some great people that uh, our producer Juliana uh, brought on board. Uh, Rick Cortez, who did all of the space effects and everything, um, he actually built, he was the first crew member that we brought on and the last person to pretty much touch the film before uh, it was out because he was just, he did so much work on it. Also, Ross and Jacob Hamill, um, who did all the screen replacement stuff and just did, you know, such a great job with all that. So anyway, I just, I just wanted to give him a quick shout out um, and uh, because they really did fantastic work. So the concept for the story wasn't mine. It was actually uh, Jay who wrote it. It was a short story okay. first. And I wanted to make a short. I wanted to make a movie. So I just started reading a bunch of short stories. And that's when I, uh, a mutual friend actually recommended I read Jay's uh, uh, story. And I did. And before I even finished it, I knew like, oh, this is, this is it. Because um, it's very, you know, it's character focused. It's not about the spectacle and all that kind of stuff. That that's an element of it, but it's really a lot more about, you know, right. uh, a character's struggle and journey, and it takes you into into some some deeper questions about about humanity, um, and that's what I think sci-fi is best at. So, um, yeah. So uh, you know, I, I I was like halfway through the short story, and I was like, well, you know. I'm sure I'm sure this is going to end well because so far it's great. <laughs> so so long as he doesn't totally screw it up, I'm calling him up afterwards. <laughs> I, and I guess I didn't. <laughs> yeah. <nope. laughs> so yeah. 
That's awesome, though. I mean, I could definitely tell that this film is just fantastic. Like I said, it's perfectly well done, Jay. I'm going to be honest with you. The writing in it is just beautifully well written. And, you know, another thing, too, Steph, is I actually felt for your character and everything, too, because she has to ration everything off. She has to learn how to survive on her own. She doesn't know if she's, there's going to be help coming or anything like that. She's just stranded out in space and also watching this black hole destroy everything. And it's like, okay, am I going to be exaggerated into the in these pieces just like how everything else I'm seeing now I'm looking out this window? And it's a desperation to, of survival mm -hmm. and everything. And then finally you get in contact with Hammer and then the dynamic between the two of you, even though you don't see him until like towards the end, more of the physicality of it and everything, of the back and forth chemistry, but just the dialogue and stuff like that alone was really great. I just want to say that. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, it was, it was written really, really well. And it was, um, um, yeah, it was, it was, um, like in, in, when I think about the character, if it was me, I would be thinking, I wish I exploded in that other ship. <laughs> so it was really, <laughs> um, so right. it was hard, um, to just know that this wasn't, you know, Kaya, Kaya really held on to uh, hammer, you know, that was important to her. And she is, she was tough. She's a tough, she's tough. I mean, right. she's always thinking how to, how to get to the next step. So. Right. Especially when she's tinkering with that, uh, that little uh, space gear mm -hmm. that she has to try and figure out a way to give the ship a boost to where she can get out of orbit from that black hole was really great. Mm -hmm. It gives you a sensibility of who that character is and knowing that she's actually an engineer who can actually craft something to where maybe she can get out of this hole that she's actually in, no pun intended, but. Um, yeah, there's, there's something there. There's, there's, she's, she's thinking about some way that it's going to work. You know, she's right. always hopeful. She's already working and, on something. Exactly. Another thing, too, too, is I felt like it was one of those one-room scenarios kind of films, to be honest with you, mm -hmm. which is something I appreciated because I like one-room movies and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And you can do a lot in one room. People don't realize the stuff that you can do in a one-room scenario. You just have to give the character enough to build on to where they can do it. You can actually have little small set pieces to describe the character. You can have the character doing several different things in a one-room scenario. And that's the beautiful, beautiful thing about this film is it's so simplistic. It knows what it is, just like, um, just like I mentioned before, and everything. I really fell in love with this movie for what it is, um, and also too, my girlfriend also loved it too. She thought it was amazing. <laughs> but you know, I really have to say, you guys did a really good job at bringing it home. And also too, my question for Jay is this: I know that you worked on stuff with the History Channel and things like that. But how does that compare to doing something like this? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's a little different. Like my working at, I worked at Nightfall as a post-production assistant. And I got to see like how the storytelling blocks of a TV show come together. This is having to actually kind of sit in the driver's seat with a bunch of other talented producers, EPs and directors, and try to make this, you know, make an actual project and, and kind of see things from higher up. Uh, it's, it's a different experience when it's your own script and it's your own money involved <laughs> and it, 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 it makes you appreciate certainly the team around you who has your back and kind of brings it to life and uh, also makes you treasure your money when you do save it up. So that's good too. 
that's also a positive. But Absolutely. my question is this, as far as the budget goes and everything, how much went into this project? Because it looked like it would cost millions of dollars to make just on the visuals alone, alone not to mention the set pieces that you actually had to use for the spaceship and things like that. And also too, of course, when the uh, Steph's character actually goes onto that planet and tries to see Hammer, those visuals also has like that interstellar kind of feel to it. And it feels like a big budget film, but it's actually a smaller film, but it's just amazing how this actually turned out. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, glad that it feels big budget. Yeah, absolutely, because <laughs> it was not. Uh, our, budget, our total budget out the door was about six grand. Um, and now, granted, that's six grand plus uh, a lot of favors called in yeah. and several prayers and sacrificing small goats to the gods just to make sure it all kind of came together. And timing was a huge huge portion mm -hmm. for us from beginning to end um like the film itself didn't even really come together until december of 2019 mm -hmm. and it came together because we found the perfect production design and set designers who could build what we could uh, who, who could build the pod on a very limited budget and then steph also came on board and just like seized the reins on kaya all kind of at the same time that's cool. Um, like when it came down, I was literally in vacation in Hawaii with my girlfriend, <laughs> and I had my phone, and I'm just like a madman trying to help. I was calling up Jay, like Jay, I think it's time to start writing checks. Let's go. Okay, I got my phone. That's And 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 then we shot it in January, and then everything started shutting down in 2020, pretty much right, right. after we wrapped production. Mm -hmm. So we dodged a bullet because we got to film before all that happened. Mm -hmm. And then we had a lot of people on the post side who suddenly had a lot of time on their hands mm -hmm. and they dedicated so much of their free time and effort to, to make things work on that side. So we got lucky on both ends. Time was a huge part and people mm -hmm. dedicated so much of their attention and craft. Well, and I, and I will say a lot of it too was, you know, because we didn't have a big budget, you know, we, we really needed to sell people on, you know, the film itself. You know, it was, I was never trying to like approach people and convince them on my skill or really any team member skill. It was, you know, at the beginning it was, here's a script, you know, send it to Steph and, you know, she read it and loved it. And then like, you know, that got, that gets someone like her or, or even Tom who played hammer, same kind of thing, send him that the script, you know, and the, and our production designer, you know, everyone it was like the script, the script, love the script. And then when we shot the movie, you know, everyone on post, um, it was, you know, hey, I have this short film, you know, like with our sound designer, Chris, and I, I just sent him the the locked cut, you know, that was had no music, no, you know, just anything. Same with our composer, Mike, just say, you know, send them all, send them the movie. And then they, you know, they would watch it and get back to me and be like, yeah, like, let's, let's do this. Like, you know, and it's always, I, my, I I'm a big believer in everything really just coming down to the work and, and the quality of that and, and letting, selling, selling that, uh, letting that sell the project, not, you know, empty promises or things like that. So, right. Yep. That's amazing though. I mean, mm -hmm. seriously, especially in the midst of a pandemic, that's also another question I had, but I'm glad that you already answered it. But a midst of the pandemic and you guys actually missed out on all the stuff where with COVID and stuff like that, and you were able to finish your film. And then all you had to do was other little visual effects and have that sent in and everything. That's just great. And also too, the team working together, that's a fantastic thing to actually have. And of course, with Steph coming in, knowing who the character is, understanding the character, and then also too, maybe bouncing off some ideas off of you guys makes your jobs a whole lot more easier though too, especially with Hammer too. Um, 
my my other question is this for Steph: How did you get into the role of the character? Well, when William sent me the script, um, I I went over the the backstory of Kaya, um, and I thought about everything leading up until the point that she is at now. And I thought about, you know, you know, she she lost her mother was her her, you know, her role model and basically her entire and her entire career and you know where she's at now is because of where her mother was. And you know, her mother was an engineer, very strong woman. I I've played that out in my head that way because that's how she reacted to things. That's how Kaya reacted to things. So I prepared myself just kind of I'd just go through it cycle. I mean, it's a short film, right? So I would kind of go through these like these emotions and I'd go through it mm -hmm. in a cycle over and over again. Um, and of course, you know, I spoke to William too when we we're shooting because not, um, as you know, not everything is in order when you shoot. So I wanted to make sure the emotions and uh, were in the right order. You know, I wanted to make sure I was progressing everything in the right way because, Absolutely. you know, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, it does. It really does. I do appreciate that. And, you know, another thing, too, that I really thought that was actually funny was where you're finally having a sensibility of Hammer and stuff like that, understanding who he is and things like that. And then here you are drinking vodka. And then the funny <laughs> line. And then also, too, he goes, what's vodka? And then you have them to explain what vodka is. And I even said this in my review. I said, well, maybe he comes from a planet at a time, of course where maybe they don't have vodka. Maybe they don't know what the word is or anything like that. No. So I like the fact that they, you guys use certain things that we actually feel is normal, but then with another person on another planet, it could actually be something totally different and everything. Mm. And it got me thinking, use my imagination. Here's the thing. I love when directors make me think rather than them having to show me everything. Because I feel like I don't need to be guided like I'm a kid going through the aquarium and stuff like that. Just give me the movie. Let me feel like I'm smart and let me try and figure it out myself rather than having to explain everything. Because I feel like we're in a day and time where everything has to be explained to us. And the story is so simplistic and everything, too. And also, too, the whole chemistry be dynamic between Hammer and Steph is just great. And then... You know, and she's leaning on him to survive, just like how he's leaning on her to survive. Because he doesn't know he's going to make this out of this sandstorm either or anything like that. And then once she finds out how far away he is, it's like, okay, I need to get this done. I need to see Hammer. I need someone that I can rely on, someone that I can lean on face to face. This whole entire delay messages back and forth is just not doing it for me anymore. So now I need to go out there I don't care if I'm risking everything. I need to go out there and try to lean on him and he can lean on me and have each other. And then maybe we can get out through this whole entire thing together. And that's the beautiful, that's the beautiful thing about this film was two people who were stuck in a bad situation, trying to figure out a way to count on each other. And that's what I got from it. I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, that, that's very much what I was, you know, what initially drew me to it was this kind of, study of the need the human need for connection you know and, and yeah like you said they, they do have we like they're leaning on each other to survive and that's why when you know when hammer loses that connection he he's okay for a little while but then after a while it's just like he he can't survive anymore 
you know, like it's, right. it's, it's impossible. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's, I, I think, I think that's a great analysis. So, Thanks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. And also too, uh, I also like the camera angles at the very beginning when we're face to face with Steph's character and everything. It's not shaky cam or anything like that. We're able to see everything. And that's the one, one of the things I like about this film is the fact that I could see everything going on around me, all the chaos at the very first five minutes. And it's not shaky can to make us feel like there's a threat because the main threat is the sirens going off in that pod. The main threat is the what's outside and her looking outside. Mm-hmm. Without the shaking cam, it adds a lot more to it. I don't understand mm-hmm. where you actually have to have shaky cam to actually explain <laughs> the danger of something. I yeah. mean, no, I, I, I mean, <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, speaking to that a little bit, I, I do think like um, I, I really, I really want my filmmaking to be to be confident you know mm-hmm. like and 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 that's really what i try to do with this is you know the story's engaging enough our, our actors are engaging enough like i i don't need to try to you know do a bunch of big flashy camera moves and everything all the time to let people know like oh this is an intense moment you know like oh <laughs> check out the cameras because you're right people do that all the time um and right yeah and for me what i what i i I thought, you know, I wanted simple camera angles. I wanted to really see the set. And then I, I and the, the big, the big thing to build tension for me visually was the constant presence of this little, that little window, that portal where you're always seeing the stars and you're seeing that kind right. of, you know, orange glow always from the black hole uh, passing by. So there's this kind of like, there's a reminder constantly in the background of the black hole, even when you're inside the pod. Um, and so, yeah, that combined with everything feeling kind of closed in and claustrophobic, I just thought like that's it. Like, I mean, you know, if, if the set design is there and if that window's right there, then that that's all we need. You know, I can just relax and point the camera uh, at Steph and you know, let it happen. So exactly, yeah. And to be honest with you, I did feel claustrophobic in this mo- uh, in this movie because of how small it is mm-hmm. and everything. But it's perfect because it also gives Def's character a sense of how small the area is that she's around inside that pod and having to learn how to survive in a small environment and trying to figure out how to ration off for food, how to actually survive this thing. And also, too, I like the camera angle where she has to go down to the engine room. And so now it doesn't become like a total one dimensional. Now it feels like it's actually adding more layers to that set piece. Now it doesn't feel like a one room scenario. All of a sudden it goes down into the engine room. I love that shot of her trying to maneuver things around in that area. I thought that was really good to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. I, I, we really wanted to, I mean, just in general, we shot from every single side mm-hmm. of the escape pod. We would go through the whole movie front to back with one wall removed from the set. Then we'd put that wall back on, take another wall off, and go through the whole movie front to back with that wall <laughs> off. Right. So that yeah. we would see yeah. <laughs> that we're slowly going all around the uh, the escape pod, you know, uh, the camera's traveling around. And then I'm all, you know, I'd also try to get the camera low down, so we're seeing up, you know, nice ceiling, get the camera high up, so we're seeing down there and then our production designer eric designed this really cool like little hatch that you know like uh well we tried to make the set as interactive as possible so stuff could you know do things so there's this little hatch and things what you're talking about that she like pulls out and there's all these wires and stuff in there is where she puts the device 
And from there, there's like, you know, we could put a light in there. So when she opens it up, there's this like blue light on her face and everything. It just makes everything look different and adds this. Yeah, like this, this visual, like um, it's like a, it's a little bit of a break from how the movie has been looking prior to that point. So we can kind of, you know, keep right. switching it up. Yeah. And, and something mm-hmm. I wanted to flag too, uh, okay. it's kind of a cool little movie magic point was the, the, porthole was actually a lot of practical effects uh like we decided and this was william's idea i think uh and Mm -hmm. it was great um risky but high reward um (laughs) to set up a 4k projection screen behind the porthole like behind Mm -hmm. the wall and then Mm -hmm. project the black hole render on it and we had like three different setups and versions that got us closer and closer depending on where we were in the script but it gave steph something to actually visually look at and it gave William all kinds of uh, opportunity mm-hmm. to create all kinds of lighting within camera too. So there's a lot of practical with mm-hmm. very few actual dead-on visual effects shots. Right. So, so we, we, yeah. So we were capturing all that space just in camera, like uh, all the stuff. That's pretty cool. I mean, it was so it was so cool. It was like all these different stations. They were all thought through. It was amazing. It really was to see it all come together like that. I mean, every little every little part had a you know we had the smoke coming out of the yeah. the like we were mentioning yeah. and it was like it was like i don't know if you if you've ever had this when you were younger but there's these music there's a, uh it was called like cole's museum and you could go and you could like it was a it was a miniature version of a, of a supermarket okay Kids. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's yep. really cool because you're like, I'm going to go shopping and I'm going to just like my mom and dad. It, it, I mean, it was it felt so real and so fun to really, you know, I was I was in my own pod. It was amazing. That's awesome, though, that you guys were able to do practical effects and everything and not having to worry about big CGI stuff or anything like that. You can mix practical in with CGI if you have to and things like that. And it saves you up a lot of money, though, too, in the process. And everything and i thought that was i think that's actually really cool because i always like practical effects over cgi but it depends on how you do it and to do practical and cgi is the right way to go i think where too too much cgi for me takes me out of a movie and stuff like that and this is definitely a good if i was a, a professor at a film school i would actually show your film to the class and be like, okay, this is the right way to go about using CGI effects versus practical effects and how to add those in to where it can actually add to the screen and everything. And also to not take away from the actor that's actually portraying a certain character. So I think that would actually be a perfect way to actually explain to the class the right things to do and everything. So I think that you guys are doing a fantastic job at coming together and making this film. Um, do you guys have any other projects in lined up after this or just getting this out here first is the main thing? Well, I mean, let's see. I'm, I'm, uh, what are we I've up got, to director? I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, a, no. So the, I mean, me personally, I, I have an action film that I've signed on to. I'm the DP on that. Um, and, uh, that'll be, should be actually, yeah, that should be shooting pretty soon here. The dates are still a little bit up in the end, I'm not sure. Um, and then um, uh, the, produ- the producers we, uh, alone, like the producing team behind that, we've all been developing a feature-length adaptation of, uh, of, uh, of Alone. And so we are 
you know, pitching that around right now. And we've got some pretty promising leads, you know, and we'll, we'll see where that goes. So, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. We're uh, also trying to put together a horror film. Um, oh, nice. That we're kind of playing around with that will be uh, uh, a micro budget thing. And we're kind of excited about that. Uh, kind of a cabin in the woods type of scenario. And hopefully we'll put that together. Um, and for myself, I've got a couple new short films that are coming down the pipeline to one about the um, group home system in Los Angeles. And the other one is going to be some wacky thing involving Colts and buying houses. I don't know. We haven't figured it out yet, but it's going to be hilarious. <laughs> what about for you, staff? Uh, is there anything in line for you for as for acting or anything like that? Yeah, I have a feature coming up in the, at the end of November. Um, looking forward to it. It's about... Um, substance abuse um, mm. and recovery and acceptance. And um, and it will be a little comedy with, but you know, a little dramedy. Okay. <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's a That's great, cool. great cast uh, lined up and and also another short coming up in about a week. Um, so yeah, it's it's been um, it's a full rest of the year. It's exciting. That's awesome, though. And here's the thing. I'm a big advocate whenever it comes down to mental health and things like that, too. Uh, matter of fact, I have uh, BetterHelp as my sponsor and stuff like that as well. And I think that's just awesome to be able to play a character that has those kind of layers and actually bring it into a film kind of setting to where people can relate to it. I think that's just awesome that you decided to play a role like that. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I, I, I think that's what motivated it. You know, I think a lot of people, you know, continue to beat themselves up and um, right. and they live and they don't let them, they don't let themselves live, you know, after they recover. So um, this, I hope can bring a little light, you know, to people that deal with that. I mean, that's the least it can do. So. Absolutely. And another thing that I want to mention about this film that I noticed, and I said that it had a little bit of interstellar kind of thing to it is the fact that with time travel, when it comes down to space and time from Earth, it's totally different. But we never seen the concept of space versus space in time, where basically we don't know if the universe will be on the same timeline as, as the other planets or anything like that. So th seeing it play out in this kind of world was pretty cool because to to Steph's character, it's right here, right now. Mm -hmm. And to Hammer's timeline and everything, it's totally opposite of that in a few days, um, let's see, a couple of hours or a couple of days later versus Stephanie's time period. And I love that about it. It gave it a new way of actually thinking about space and time and everything. So I just want to say, I definitely like that concept. Black holes are wacky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's Jay all the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I went to pretty deep down a rabbit hole about a, a time dilation and universe stuff. And and even then, I know I didn't get it perfectly right. You should see some of the comments on uh, some of our uh, online video posts. Where I can see like, quantum physics. Actually, like that doesn't actually work. Uh, yeah. so <laughs> it's pretty hard to get it uh, bang on right. But in my in my own head canon, I figured that at some point, their universes were similar, like identical. And then there was a split off point. Um, clearly, at some point before, you know, vodka and the F word became a really uh, key thing within the language, but close enough that English could still develop 
they can still be able right. to communicate with each other. And some of that is just you don't want to be having someone speak an alien language. It's much easier if they speak English. Full, right. you know, full disclosure. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a it's, movie. It's a movie, right? right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they got to be able to talk. Um, but right. but um, but then also trying to get some of the science right about like their messages being messages in a bottle is actually pretty scientifically sound. Like you probably wouldn't be able to have a live conversation over a big gravity well like that. So you'd have to send a signal out fully formed as a message. And then there would be a delay in getting that message or sending back and back and forth and so on. Right. And that's just like, I was watching Mandalorian, for example, and I was like, well, why does this guy, why does the guy actor who plays Bobby from Sands of Anarchy sounds like he has a New York accent? I'm like, maybe from the planet he, he lives on, maybe he has a New York accent. You guys are getting way too deep into something <laughs> that doesn't need to be uh, even thinking about because we're supposed to be glued in for a two and a half hour movie or a 20 minute movie. You guys are thinking way beyond what it's supposed to be. And, and I'm pretty sure Star Trek had an entire planet of mobsters at one point. So, you know, it's just, true. you never know what you'll find yeah. out there true. in space. Yeah, Star Trek That's can true. do it, so can we. Absolutely. Yep. Yep, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I like I said before, this film deserves to be seen in theaters to actually get the viewing experience and everything because don't get me wrong i love my 45 inch tv but you can't get the same experience that you can get in the movie theater and everything and that's why i feel like movie going experiences need to still be open movie theaters still need to be opening mm -hmm. they still need to happen because of the fact that you can't get the same love you can't get the same feel that you do in a movie theater to see this film you need to be in a movie theater because to experience how the shots with staff, to experience how the pod is set up, to experience everything else, you this needs, and also to the surround sound and everything else, needs to be put in a movie theater, and everything too. I just want to point that out there because it's actually true. And then also too, people go to the movie theaters to escape, and everything for two and a half hours or twenty minutes given, <laughs> but still. You know, you go to the movie theaters to escape. There's no racism. There's no religion. There's nothing there to distract you from enjoying a movie with other people, with other cultures, and to be united is one uh, being to where you guys can enjoy something and have something to talk about later on as you come out of that theater. Because you can't yeah. do that with Netflix, <laughs> you know? You're right. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Well, and luckily, people have a another chance the, the chance to see it on the big screen. If the you're area. in Los Angeles this Sunday, yeah. If you're in Los Angeles, <laughs> even if you're not, come fly in this yeah, weekend, everybody. If I could, I would. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that right now. But you know, I, you guys are just passionate about what you guys love and doing. I can see that. And things like that. I mean, this is the stuff that I look for whenever I'm interviewing people and how much they care about their films and things like that. And also, too, the caring and loving and the respect that audiences has towards your art. And I think that's a beautiful thing to have. Oh, thanks, John. Thank you. You guys are very welcome. Where are you, John? I'm actually in Mississippi. Very cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I've, I've been to Mississippi before. I, I went there for a job a couple years ago and Oh, visited nice. some of the best uh, distilleries that I've ever oh, visited. <laughs> again of your travels. <laughs> uh, what part of Mississippi? I'm just wondering. Uh, it was <clears throat> like eastern Mississippi. Wait, wait, what's the capital of Mississippi again? Jackson. 
Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, it was in yeah. Jackson. Okay. Yeah. Is that okay. on the eastern over there? That's our north. North. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's right. It was in Jackson. It, but it's yeah. like in an eastern way. Yeah. It's like yeah. northeast. Northeast. If you yeah. Think about it. Mm-hmm. yeah i live like on the south end like i'm like an hour from the coast okay so yeah. nice. so it's not too bad yeah it That's is so cool. we're all connecting right it's, now yeah <laughs> <laughs> and also too um i'm actually uh, i'm actually originally from boston as well okay so well, there you go yeah that's why I've my accent. I've been a comment a couple times too. I really appreciate your Wonder Woman poster hanging out on your shoulder. That is that's thank fantastic. you. Appreciate it. Yeah, I love Gal Gadot. She's actually one of my favorite actresses and stuff like that. Wonder Woman is my favorite DC uh, superhero aside from Batman. So <laughs> yeah. Wonder Woman's cool. She's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I like the very first one with Pat, that Patty Jenkins actually directed, to be honest with you. The second yeah. one, it had his moments of being all right. It just wasn't as good and set up to the standard as the first one. But yeah. it was still it was all right. Wonder Woman 84 was good, but it could be better. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. If the filmmakers ever watch this, we'd love to work but yeah, uh, and I even said this too on the review that I did uh, back in December. I said it felt like Wonder Woman eighty four. With if you look at the scene where she's actually in the mall, it looks like she it's Wonder Woman on ice, just skating. That's what it looked like to me. I wish I could do that graceful. <laughs> me too. That's Unfortunately funny. for me, I'm not good on roller skates or ice skates. <laughs> so me neither. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember in high school or whatever, I remember this is like when I was a teenager, like I said, but I remember when I was dating somebody and the mother's like, you know what you need to do? You need to go on ahead, get you some rollerblades because it's actually easier to rollerblade than on roller skates. I did and I busted my butt. I said, you know what? I think the goal of this date is to kill me. So you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to hang out at the arcade where it's safe. You can go on ahead and and skate i'm gonna not gonna break my neck so we can actually have send me to the er how about that <laughs> but yeah <laughs> but great. yeah man um but i actually have one other question though how much of this was actually improv on some of the stuff that's a good question so we actually we stuck pretty closely to the script and we like meticulously blocked out every scene too like exactly where Steph was standing, how she all this kind of stuff was very much planned out in advance. Um, and Steph just made it all like so natural. But um, one thing we did is just kind of, I just let Steph know, like, I'm going to take a long time to yell cut, you know, and just, just to kind of see what happens. So she did do some improv and some of that made it into the film. Um, so some of the some of the, some of people's favorite moments actually I I think were were a couple of mine and I didn't write yeah. them. Uh, <laughs> and what's cool about the improv too is it wasn't always comedy either. Uh, I mean, there's a line in there about avocados. That's all Steph. Right. I mean, just amazingly, her timing's fantastic. Um, Thank you. But uh, also, there's a there's a scene where she cries that isn't in the script and. Mm-hmm. That was William giving Steph a chance to kind of like just be there in the moment, and it kind of organically came up from her, and it was just incredible. Yeah. That's great. So, 
I think that's everything I pretty much wanted to ask you guys and everything, but I know that, um, but anyways, I just want to say thank you again. And I think that you guys have a beautiful film on your hands. And I wish you guys the best success with this film and also on future projects. And if you guys ever want to come back on the show again, let me know. I'll be glad to, we, here's the thing. I do movie reviews. I do TV reviews. I also wind up doing movie news as well. I'll do a little inside stuff though too. Mm -hmm. So if you guys ever want to come on, just let me know, send me out an email and everything. I'll be glad to have you guys back on again. You guys are always welcome. I appreciate that. All right. Thanks You're very so much, welcome. John. Anytime. You're very welcome. And I just have one quick other question. Where can everybody reach you guys at if they want to follow you? Um, all right. So you can follow me on Instagram. It's probably the best place. Uh, it's my full name, William, William Helmuth, all, all together, and then underscore DP. Uh, Instagram for me, too. Uh, it's uh, J dot in LA, and it's the letter J and the word dot because I like to keep it confusing. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a long time to find it when I, I was like, what, where is J's? Yeah, I didn't think that through when I created that handle. I was like, darn it. Um, and I'm at Steph Barkley. So. Okay. All right, so guys, if you guys want to, go on ahead and follow me on Facebook at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Night over there. And of course, on Instagram underneath the same brand name, and of course, on Pinterest as well. I also am on TikTok at Movie Lovers Unit 01. So you guys can go on ahead and follow me there. I do some promotional stuff, embarrass myself a little bit as, in, at the same time. So you guys can go on ahead and follow me there. Um, of course, if you guys want an audio-only podcast episode of this episode and many episodes that we do, all you have to do is get that where you guys get your podcast from. But there's a little app called Good Pods. Go to Good Pods. It's a great place for social networking for people that love podcasts, listens to podcasts, or if you're a podcaster yourself, they're not even hiring me to say this. But I like it better than Apple uh, podcast because I can interact with fans. I can actually see what they like, see what they didn't like. So go on ahead, leave me a five-star review if you think I'm worthy of a five-star review. But if not, hey, I'll take a four or three. It don't matter to me. But <laughs> anyways, go on ahead and do that. And of course, I also teamed up with Two Blur Girls podcast, and we are actually doing a little fundraiser right now. And the fundraiser and the proceeds, if you get a Sensi, you all the proceeds go over to the victims of Hurricane Ida and everything for Red Cross. So go ahead, get yourself a Sensi and donate to the Red Cross. Of course, if you guys want to, you can uh, donate five to ten dollars to us at Movie Lovers Unite. This is just to keep the lights on here at Movie Lovers Unite and stuff like that. But if you guys can't, that's perfectly fine. But how do you do that? You just go over down to GoFundMe.com forward slash Movie Lovers Podcast, and that's actually how you go on ahead and donate five to ten dollars there. But a, smash that like button, smash that share button, smash that little bell on the bottom right hand corner. That's playing enough for me to wind up saying thank you for uh, giving us the time out of your day to be able to watch our our shows. Then, of course, if you want a sponsor or like to get in touch with us, all you have to do is email me at movieloversunite at gmail.com. Of course, you can follow me underneath Twitter at movieloversunit, and I cannot have the E, so therefore it's just unit. So, <laughs> so you guys can go ahead, follow me there, and that's everywhere you can reach me at. I just want to say thank you guys for taking the time out of your night once again to be able to do this interview. I do appreciate it. I wish you guys the most amazing success with this film. So, Always until next time, guys. It's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. And thank you, Luke. I do appreciate you popping up and everything. And always until next time, guys. It's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. And bye-bye. <laughs>